Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Trade. I'm Ian Coxhead, University of Wisconsin-Madison. And I'm Sandy Siegel, president of MEJ. And it's my personal pleasure to welcome our guest, uh, friend and very admired colleague, Euless Payne. Euless is the president and managing member of Addison Clifton, which is a global uh, trade compliance firm. And I, I read in your bio, Euless, um, a quote, I love to help find solutions to challenges that arise. And, and that defines you. Um, I think pretty much anything relevant to trade with China in China um, is, is something that you've been a resource in, in everything from law and trade agreements to copyright issues, contracts, and so forth. So it's really a pleasure having you here. Um, you've got your offices here in the Midwest, and, and I know, you know you're very connected to the Midwest and your offices in China. So, so really a, a great resource for uh, the trade community. So welcome, great to have you. Thank you, Sandy and Ian. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to chat. As you said, uh, we've been blessed here at Addison Clifton. We've been in China since November of 04. We've had a, we opened the Shanghai office then. In August of 13, we opened up our first uh, uh, subsidiary, China-based subsidiary in the city of Ningbo, which is the second largest port there in China. So we have boots on the ground. You know, we have relationships with the central government, local government, which is essential to do business in China. And we're blessed to have clients you know, in China, uh, US clients who have operations there, as well as EU clients who have operations there. So well, we're pretty fortunate. We've been there a while. We view ourselves as Chinese too. Well, Yulis, you're uh, superbly well positioned to give us the, the view from the trenches of the uh, commercial uh, relationship with China then. I wanna ask you first, just to look back very briefly at the, uh, at the last year, year and a half, it was kind of a perfect storm, as you know, of uh, trade war plus COVID-based disruptions to markets and to travel. So how did your clients manage to build and maintain their commercial relationships to without a commercial presence in the country in the face of all that uncertainty? Ian, you know, you make a good point. I think the COVID era oh, had an impact on, on both US and China, of course the world, but clearly on US-China trade. There was a natural political drawback for nationalism, you know, to protect your own. Yeah. Uh, and so we did the same thing here as, as they did in China. I think also uh, what was really prominent in the last year was the power of the, the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, yeah. where the way they handled the COVID lockdown was a way in which we couldn't do in the US, right? Where the government says you do it and you do it. So, so the, the rise to power and continued uh, acceleration of the current leader, Xi Jinping, was just accelerated in the last year, right? Because people had to look to him to what do we do in this situation? Add to that, uh, President Trump's, his administration's view on China and battling the trade uh, unfair practices just added to the pile. So effectively, we've seen as our clients, most are in China for China because the market's so big. Right. On the other hand, there was a pause on plans and sometimes a beginning of a reconfiguration of their supply chain involving China. Yeah, I get it. And, uh, and without, a, without a stable commercial presence, it must have posed some real challenges, especially for the new entrants into that, uh, into that set of activities. There, there's, no, there's no question about it. And I think to take away in my view is, uh, they're the number two GDP economy in the world. We're the number one. 
but none of that changed by the COVID. Correct. The challenges that were there before are still there today. That's right. Now, looking forward, Euless, I guess uh, we're looking at a bit more stability, both in U.S. trade policy and in the COVID uh, situation in the global economy. But there's still a lot of mistrust between the U.S. and China. And then uh, China's uh, trade policy remains very aggressively focused on this, uh, the idea of dual circulation, which basically prioritizes the domestic supply chain. So what are the near-term prospects for U.S. firms uh, seeking to engage in the Chinese market? What special challenges will they face? And, you know, we all sit in different seats as companies, but one good thing to look at, I guess, I would point people to is uh, the American Chamber of Commerce in China, which we're a member, they do an annual survey of their members. And there are about 200 companies who responded. And all of them said, uh, while things slowed down and changed a bit in the last year, that they're still committed to China. If you listen to the Nike CEO in the annual, their, their earnings release a week ago, he said, we're in China for China. And I think that, so, so that really didn't change. So we would encourage all of our clients and US companies to say, look, your long-term strategy probably hasn't changed. They're gonna be the largest economy on the planet. You probably want a piece of it. Right. How do you go about it? You have to go work with the government, but I do think opportunities are probably brighter now than ever. Uh, one other point I'd make is, and I'd encourage people to take a look, uh, China operates on five-year plans. Back just in March, they announced their 14th five-year plan that runs through 2025. Yep. And that would give you a signal as to where the company, the country's economy and initiatives will be focused. It was on climate, energy, and biodiversity. So I think you'll see that there'll be accelerated opportunities in China now, post-COVID, and now post-Trump administration. Right. Now, Euless, I want to bring it down to a really granular level. Uh, you know, a lot, as you know, uh, a lot of commercial activity is very much based on relationships and relationships are hard to manage when you don't have a uh, stable commercial presence. So what kind, of, what kind of issues did you see coming up in that area? Was it harder for contracts to be signed or harder for uh, understanding to be maintained at that individual level? Clearly, one thing in, that we've learned in China on probably 60 plus trips there, there's, there's a concept called Guangxi. Yeah. And Guangxi is a concept that says we, we, with the, it's a trusted, mutually beneficial relationship. Okay. And so that is a principle that goes back to Confucius there. So they really believe it. And I think in a way, U.S., we feel the same. We want to get along, but you must respect us. Right. right. So I think what we found here with the Chinese that we all recoil to a, a nationalist position around the world. Every country did. Right lock the borders down, keep foreigners out. But, but now that the dust has settled, what we see is for, for, for companies is if you're in the space of innovation, environmental cleanup, um, digitization, e-commerce opportunities, that's where the explosions occur. We also seen a model called uh, C to M. We usually B to B, C to B, but C to M is a model that we saw flourish in the last year, where basically you go from consumer to the manufacturer using an e-commerce platform, oh. which is great for US companies. You don't have to be there to do business there, right? right. You can, if you could control your e-commerce platform, they're finding that the consumer wants to tell the manufacturer what it wants. And if you're able to do that, you can break through a lot of these barriers of distrust uh, and, and so forth. So we'd encourage, again, take, take a positive look at the opportunities that come have come as a result of COVID and the Trump G conflict.
Fantastic. So I'm, I'm curious, um, you listen, as we, as we wrap up, we've got about two minutes to go. How much more challenging has it been with, you know, the inability to travel and due to face-to-face -face negotiations and, and conversations and whatnot, you know, in this climate, because um, that's, you know, so important, as we know, to the Chinese and doing business in China. So how, how have you dealt with that and how have you addressed that? Well, we have, because we have calls each week, a couple of times a week on WeChat, which is one of those software platforms yeah. that uh, President Trump had banned. And now uh, President Biden has said, okay, so TikTok and WeChat and the like uh, are now available. So you're right, the, the distance made it difficult. And that's where trust comes in, right? That you, you must develop a sense of trust. We do that with US clients as customers as well, right? That we wanna have a trust relationship. So it was a strain, but like most things, Sandy, they say trade is like a tea bag, you know, and, until you've been in hot water, you, you don't, you're not much good, right? <laughs> so, so the tea bag, we were tea bags, right? And now we see the tea, as they say, if, if, if you leave the room, the tea gets cold. That's a concept in China, right? So, so we didn't want to leave the room. It was a tough time. We encourage us, our clients to go back to the business. You know, what are you good at? What, the, what is the value? And just think about the concept of Guangxi, developing a mutual trust-based relationship. Fascinating, terrific. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you and seeing you again, and you're looking well. And again, a great, great resource for all of us here in Wisconsin and the Midwest. Thanks so thank much. Thank you, good luck to you and Ian, likewise. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. All right, all the best.